Good morning all and happy Palm Sunday to you. It is good to be together however we can on this day. Uh, we will be worshiping uh, here online. We'll also be worshiping on the soccer field this morning for the Palm Sunday service. If you feel safe, if you had your shots uh, and you'd like to be with us, we would love to see you, but we'll be on the soccer field at 11 o'clock this morning for Palm Sunday. Uh, it is always good to know that you are out there. I thank you for being here and for being connected in that way by the Holy Spirit. There are some things that I'd like to share with you, but first, Lisa is gonna continue with the Lenten candles that she has through this Lenten season. Another lesson from Lisa. Take it away. Today is Palm Sunday and our sixth um, Lenten Sunday. So today we read from Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. As we extinguish the sixth Lenten candle, we recall that God's Son, Jesus Christ, became one of us so that we may have access to God, and this became possible through Christ's death on the cross. Let us pray. O oh God, what Christ has done for you and for us is truly wondrous. Even though he was your son, he humbled himself for us on the cross. We truly agree, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you so very much. Um, we have a lot going on this week. Obviously, it's Holy Week. It begins today with Palm Sunday uh, on the soccer field. We are so glad uh, to be together as we can. Uh, I hope to see you uh, on Palm Sunday. If not, certainly through this service online, we will be connected as we can. Lots happening during Holy Week. Our next service after Palm Sunday is Monday, Thursday. It is seven o'clock in the evening. We celebrate that service with our neighbors from Centenary United Methodist Church, and we will be celebrating the Lord's Supper in that service. So we hope to see you then. It is a service looking back the Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples in the upper room uh, and him gifting to us uh, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper and also giving us instructions to love one another that they will know we are Christians by our love to serve one another. That night Jesus is also betrayed and that leads us to Good Friday where Jesus is taken before Pilate where he is um, put before the crowd where the crowd who had cheered now call for his crucifixion. It is a somber day, certainly. It is a day that Jesus 
is on the cross. And our service for Friday at 7.30 p.m. in the courtyard is called Tenebrae. It is a service of shadows when we go through all the scripture of that Good Friday so many, many years ago. So I hope that you can be with us in the courtyard, 7.30 p.m. If not, we will have a Tenebrae service online that you can watch. Um, it is a moving service. It is a service that gets you right here as you remember, as you think about all that Jesus has done for humanity, for all of us. And then after a Saturday of waiting, a holy Saturday of reflection and of prayer, we move into the joy of Easter Sunday. And at 7 a.m., we have a sunrise service on the soccer field. Communion will be uh, shared at that service. And then again at 11, our traditional service uh, in an untraditional place, because that will be on the soccer field as well. But we'll also have communion uh, at 11 o'clock. So a lot going on this Holy Week. I hope that you can participate often. It'd be great to see you uh, at all those services or many of those services. It is always good to be together. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I believe earlier, um, we welcome our confirmation class uh, on Palm Sunday as new members in the church. So congratulations to Kylie and David, Laurie Bradley, Shaw, Maddie, and Evelyn. Uh, they've worked so hard and they've contended with COVID. So thanks to them. Thanks to Alice uh, for teaching that class, for Lisa for helping with that class. Thanks to everyone who made that possible in a strange, uh, during a strange, strange time. Uh, as always, I thank you for your continued offerings and gifts, your tithes. Thank you so very much. Uh, they do allow us to continue to do all those things we do as a church. Friends, there is a lot going on this week. There's so much that connects us. Um, so I, I hope, again, that you feel that connection one to the other uh, through this community of faith. Friends, again, welcome. Thanks to Tamara, thanks to Scott, thanks to everybody for making this work each Sunday. Thanks to you uh, for being the family of faith that you are. Friends, let us now please join our hearts, minds, spirits together in worship. The Lord be with you. Please join me as we pray. We praise you, O God, for your redemption of the world through Jesus Christ, who entered the holy city of Jerusalem in triumph and was proclaimed Messiah and King by those who spread garments and branches along his way. Because of your tenderness for the human race, you gave us faith, love, and grace. Remind us that to truly love others is to share those same gifts. Teach us how to turn those divine gifts into action. Lord, have them transform us, have them change us, have them turn us from racism, violence, hate, misogyny, classism, greed, and all those things that harm community, all those things which separate us one from the other. Give us the strength and fortitude to speak against evil, to dismantle it wherever it has formed, wherever it has found a foundation. Lord, help us to see all your children as you do, 
worthy of friendship, love, dignity, and respect. Lord, through your goodness, help us to be good faith instruments of healing in your world and in this community. And good Father above, share your wisdom and guidance with world, national, state, and local leaders. And Lord, by your strength, protect those who serve honorably in dangerous vocations and places. And Lord, during this beginning of Holy Week, we are reminded that this and every prayer we offer is in the name of Jesus Christ, who in addition to everything else also taught us to pray together this prayer saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, our first uh, piece of special music today is offered by Ethan. It is a traditional old uh, hymn of Palm Sunday. It is all glory, laud, and honor. Passages for today in the narrative lectionary are uh, two passages. The first from the book of Psalms, the 118th Psalm, verses 19 through 24. It is a psalm that looks forward. It is a perfect psalm for Palm Sunday. I think you'll hear why. Hear now the word of the Lord. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. 
I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation, Lord. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The word of God for the people of God. Our New Testament lesson is taken from the gospel according to Luke, the 19th chapter, verses 29 through 44. It is the Palm Sunday passage, a traditional passage for Palm Sunday from Luke's gospel. Jesus enters Jerusalem. The people cheer. The Pharisees grumble, surprise, and Jesus weeps. Hear now the word of the Lord. When he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you, hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. The word of God for the people of God. That passage takes a turn doesn't it, at the end? We'll get to that. When I was in high school, I was not a great student. I really wasn't even a good student. I didn't study, and I put little effort into papers or projects, and that's because I could get Bs with the occasional A and C sprinkled in with that amount of effort almost no effort and that level of commitment to the work. When I got to the University of South Carolina, it was the same. I wasn't 
a great student. I didn't study because I worked a lot and I went out a lot and my parents were splitting up and understandably distracted. So they never saw my grades. So I never really had to pay the consequences if I had a bad semester. And with the level of effort and commitment to the work that I put forth, I got C's with the occasional B and D and F sprinkled in. Now, after the first semester of my third year, third year, not junior year, because I was probably still, well, I was still a sophomore in my third year, because I dropped and failed a couple classes. After that semester, I found out that even if my parents weren't paying attention to my grades, the University of South Carolina was. I was called into my advisor's office and was introduced to deficit points how the D's and F's weren't just GPA killers, they were also counted so that if you got too many of them, you'd be invited to go home. My advisor told me one more sub C grade without an A to wipe away some deficit points, and I was gonna get one of those time to go home invitations. That conversation motivated me. I got tutors for classes I was behind in. I started putting in the effort and I made a commitment to myself to do better. And I started studying, studying uh, in quotes, because I really didn't know how to study because I'd really never done it before. But I managed to turn things around at USC and from that scary meeting with my advisor, I made B's with the occasional a sprinkled in and I graduated in the year I was supposed to. Granted it was in August instead of in May, but still I rallied. Tamara helped. She's yeah. 18 years later my middling academic career came back to bite me and it's only because of lots of letters of support and presbytery support that I was admitted as a probationary student at Columbia Theological Seminary. And it was at Columbia that I finally learned how to study, to really study, how to best use my time, how to be efficient, how to work on lots of academic projects and papers simultaneously. I learned that part actually by owning and operating a small business for 10 years, because there's always something that you have to juggle. And it was while I was at seminary, while I was at Columbia, that I learned to read outside in and inside out. Outside in reading is what you do when you haven't made or don't have the time to study and really learn something. Outside in reading is to read the thesis and then the concluding paragraphs of an article or the introduction and last chapter of a book. And then if you need to get more, you work inward from the outside. You go inward by reading the first and last sentence of paragraphs or the first and last paragraphs of chapters until you know enough to get by. To be clear, outside in reading really isn't studying. It lacks any evidence of commitment to the subject matter. It is the bare minimum. It should only be used in emergency, like break class and 
case of emergency, yeah? Inside out reading, on the other hand, is what you do when you're looking to understand something, to really absorb material so it stays with you and becomes part of your trove of knowledge. Inside out means you're interested in and committed to the subject you're studying. It means that you'll read the material and then go looking for more. When it comes to scripture, it means that after you read a passage, you look for what came before it. You study the people who are in it, the context of the passage, and you also look what comes after. Which is why I'm even talking about this on Palm Sunday, because Jesus said something in this passage, something he said right as that passage kind of turns from triumphant entry to something a little bit darker, he says something in that passage that points us back a couple of weeks to a lesson we had about Lazarus and the rich man and to what's right before this lesson about embracing your God-given blessings, like perhaps your faith and your spirituality, and doing all you can to nurture and grow and share those gifts and the good news that God makes those gifts available to everyone with everyone. This passage makes us want to go and find more. When Lazarus was in heaven and the rich man was not, the rich man asked that Father Moses would send Lazarus to his brothers because if only a dead man would rise and give them that news, they would believe. That's foundational for where we are today. The passage right before is about the talents, that one was given 10 and got 10 more. One was given five and got five more. One was given one and did nothing with it. The passage that comes right after today is when Jesus wrecks the temple because God's children had lost sight of their faith and turned the temple into a marketplace and a lending house. Scripture lends itself to an inside out reading because it's all connected. It's the foundation and the church spire and everything in between. In the passage for today, after the priests and lawyers and scribes had complained about the ruckus the followers of Jesus were making, Jesus says, you know, if I told them to be, to be quiet, the stones themselves would cry out. Jesus telling them that something really big is happening, that he has control and power that they can't imagine. And then Jesus turns to the city and he weeps. And he says, if you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, if you only knew, if you only knew who I am, why I'm here, what I'm doing. And the thing is they should know because all that Jesus is about is out in the open. He's done ministry wherever he's been, true. He repeatedly says to individuals, 
keep this quiet, don't tell anybody. But it's not like he's doing ministry in a barn somewhere with the doors chained shut so nobody can see. He's out in the open. And yet the temple rulers who are grumbling, somehow they haven't figured it out. Somehow they do not know who he is. If they just put forth a little effort and looked back to the prophets, the Psalms, their beloved King David, if they just looked forward to all that Jesus proclaims, but they don't. They just sit where they are on the outside with hardened hearts, made up minds, and they miss the Messiah, the very Messiah that they'd been anticipating that they've been looking for, that they've been searching for, for generations. For us today, when Jesus says, if you only knew, I think it's an invitation to renew our faith, to put in the effort, to stop taking our church and church family for granted. It's a call to grow up a little, to take a look at our priorities and understand that a life of Christian faith that doesn't include worship, a life of faith that only includes weddings and funerals, Christmas Eve and Easter, is like studying outside in. It's got no depth, no contexts, no life to it. If only we knew that Jesus calls Christians to a life of faith that's more than that. If only we knew. If only Jesus had mentioned once, twice, or 10 dozen times that a truly alive life of faith takes effort and commitment, if only we knew. Faith is an awesome gift from God. This congregation, this family of faith within Christ's church, like every faith community, is a beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus invites us to study the scriptures inside out, to find more, to learn about him while in the presence of him, to walk with him every day, is an offer, is a gift that is borderline unbelievable. All those things, all those gifts of the good Father, Son, and Spirit are treasure from heaven. If only we knew what to do with them. If only we knew how to respond. If only we knew how to show our appreciation and praise. If only we knew. In the name of the good Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thanks be to God for the blessings of this family of faith. Thanks be to God and amen. Our second piece of music today is Hosanna, Loud Hosanna. Uh, Cameron, one of our section leaders, sharing his talents with us this morning.
Thank you, Cameron. Thanks so very much. Y'all, um, Jesus is there for you all the time. Um, God is everywhere. The Spirit resides in you, with you, and through you. You can't escape God. God is here always. God's everywhere. But God does call us to not just be in isolation, but to join together with others in faith communities, to strengthen one another, teach one another, learn from one another. This Holy Week is such a wonderful time to renew our faith, to be generous with our faith, to be welcoming with our faith. Wonderful gifts from above, certainly gifts to share. And so that we are ready, prepared, strengthened to do all those things, I offer you this blessing of faith. May the grace and love of God, may the power and presence of the good son, Jesus, and may the community, communion, and connection of the Holy Spirit be with you now and be with you always. Thanks be to God and amen. I hope to see you a whole bunch this week. Happy Holy Week. Blessed be the time.